This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Jones. Today I share the studio with Dr. Ora Orn Puchoron of Chiang Mai University and Dr. Tanachai Mark Padongpat at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Together we discuss Thailand, Thainess, and the state of Thai studies. Please be gentle, I'll be true. Well, welcome to another edition of Southeast Asia Crossroads. I'm your host, Eric Jones, and with me is uh, Mark Tanachai Padongpat and uh, Ora Pachurun. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Hi, for, thanks, Eric. For, thanks for being here. They're here with the uh, Thai Studies Conference, and these are some, two of our keynote speakers, and so we're excited to have them uh, come in and talk to us. Um, so maybe if you want to introduce for our listeners, tell us a bit about yourselves, where you're at, and uh, what kind of things you look into. Okay, perhaps I'll start. Um, so my name is Ora. Uh, the Thai name is Olaon Puchalun. And currently, I'm working in Chiang Mai University. Uh, my training is in public administration. And uh, I'm at the Faculty of Political Science and Public Administration at Chiang Mai. Is the, uh, the NIU... Uh, public administration uh, connection, is that one that the Thais know well? We yes, yes, everybody knows NIU, and uh, we have faculty members who have degrees from NIU. So when I said I was coming here, people, you know, said, <laughs> say hi to this, yeah. uh, give my regards to that person. We do have some good connections. Yeah, great, thanks. All right, Mark? And I'm uh, Mark Padungpat, uh, Assistant Professor of Interdisciplinary Studies at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, have a Ph.D. in American Studies and Ethnicity. Um, I'm a trained historian. I do 20th century. Uh, I feel like I sit right at the nexus of Asian-American history um, and uh, 20th century U.S. history. Uh, currently finishing my first book on the history of Thai food and Thai Americans in Los Angeles. Uh, the title of the book is Flavors of Empire, Food and Race in the Making of Thai American Los Angeles and it's under contract with the University of California Press. Uh, and so, generally speaking, I'm interested in uh, kind of everyday social history, racial formation from the bottom up in kind of everyday interactions. Uh, and so in addition to food, also I'm interested in tourism, sports, um, popular culture, and just, yeah, everyday instances and, and, and interactions. Well, you took seriously, Mark, the I had an undergraduate mentor who said, you know, find something that you love and it's exciting and, and do that thing. So you, <laughs> you've taken, you've taken the, the, the food and the sport thing seriously. And uh, that's a uh, yeah. cue to our listeners. Uh, you can actually uh, study what you know, study what you love. Um, so thanks for, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a lot of things that we could cover. But I guess one thing is the, the uh, Thai studies in general and like the study of Thailand, I guess, can you give us a sense of how it has been traditionally conceived and maybe ways that it is it is evolving or emerging? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that. And, I, you know, uh, I'll answer that as somebody who um, studies and writes about uh, Thailand and Thai studies as kind of my, my research topic. So not necessarily as a practitioner of Thai studies. Um, and so I've, I, you know, I'm familiar with Thai studies in that it develops and flourishes formally after World War II. 
um, and in the service of U.S. Uh, global politics. Um, would, you, would you say it, it evolves kind of at the same time that area studies, is, 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 it, is it birthed after the kind of the, the, all of these centers for area studies and it's a, it becomes a subset or is it, um, it it's, it's a... It's exactly. It emerges at the same time. Um, it is, you know, part of that broader area studies uh, growth after World War II uh, during the Cold War. Um, and, you know, Southeast Asian studies is kind of a branch of that area of studies. And then I, I see Thai studies as under uh, sort of Southeast Asian studies. And I think of uh, Cornell, uh, the Cornell project as one of the, uh, an, kind of the, one of the first major programs that f- emphasizes Thailand. Uh, and so thinking about Lauriston Sharp and his, uh, his commitment to research to the region, to helping Americans kind of understand uh, what's going on in the region, because it is during the, uh, build up to the Vietnam War, and so this uh, Thailand becomes a focal point, and uh, there's a lot of interest in in the region at the time, and so uh, that's how I kind of come into to Thai studies. Um, and also, I'll add that you know I think that there was that that wasn't the only emphasis. The 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 only it, studying Thailand for the purposes of Kind of U.S. foreign policy objectives wasn't the the it was central to Thai studies, but there were also radical works that were coming out uh, from Thai scholars themselves uh, uh, in the 1950s and the 1960s. And so there's I, I see these kind of two uh, different, uh, often competing, uh, for lack of a better word, trends that were happening in Thai studies um, as it was emerging. Before before the war, in the first half of the 20th century, how is Thailand being looked at by the United States when it is being looked at? Right. So uh, the United States, pretty much from the mid-19th century up until uh, the mid-20th century to World War II, amicable relations with Thailand. They see Thailand, they see Thailand as a friendly nation to the United States. There's interest in trade. Uh, there's been uh, kind of po- political symbolic exchanges between the two countries, but there was no real interest outside of, you know, hey, Thailand, Siam is a friendly country. We've been friends and have amicable, amicable relations for uh, over 100 years, but no real deep interest in the country beyond that. There's a, American missionaries that come uh, in the late 1800s. There's some... Uh, businesses that start uh, in Thailand, but no real, real interest from the United States. In a way, you can kind of see it as a, you know, there was a relationship that was happening above between the two countries. um, And you get these elite migrations uh, that kind of inform this relationship. So you have a number of Thai elite coming to study in Thailand. Uh, King uh, Pumipan was born in Cambridge. Right. Right, so there, uh, there have been these interactions, but in terms of U.S. involvement and, and uh, you know, their view of Thailand was just as a, uh, a, a, a U.S. friend, a friend to the United States. Right, and not part of a, you know, a, a French colonial axis or a British colonial right. axis. Either doesn't have those Western connections. Right, right. Um, Aura for 
in, 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 in Thailand, obviously, uh, if we're thinking about Thai studies and we're talking about it's the way that it's perceived in the U.S., obviously, um, Thailand is a, uh, a tree that makes a sound, whether or not America is paying attention to it or not. Um, mm-hmm. So how does, this, how does this history look in Thailand in terms of the study of Thailand by, by Thai? Um, so, you know, upon talking to the participants here at this conference, uh, it gives me the sense that uh, the trend of Thai studies is kind of in, in, in endangered. I'm, I'm sure that's correct to say, but overall, there's a sense of rather than a you know rapid increase in interest, it's more stable or maybe perhaps declining a little bit. Really, um, in terms of uh, the people who are outside of Thailand uh, taking up uh, Thai studies. Um, yeah. I think I think partly you know that has to do with this demarcation of disciplines. For example, I'm trained as a public administration scholar, and so studying Thai public administration, um, I, I actually never thought that that would be part of Thai studies because. To me, um, Thai studies, perhaps, and I think this might be a wrong um, interpretation, but Thai studies kind of had that image of being dominated by anthropologists, historians, linguists, um, maybe geographers. Right, maybe an artifact study from the outside mm-hmm. rather than the, 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 the thing that Thailand is actually doing. It's the Absolutely. So, for example, um, economists who study Thai policies um, for for trade, for example, or foreign policies, uh, I'm not sure if there's many political scientists um, who are who are young and current today that is also part of this movement. So uh, I think there is a lot of room to try to include more, and a conference like today uh, is that is that good platform uh, to include more people. So, yeah, and it, it reflects also in how, um, if I could advertise, that Chiang Mai yeah, University please. is hosting the International Thai Studies Conference next year in July 2017. And there's some nervousness of how many people will actually come. You know, uh, is, is, is the community big enough mm. to have a vibrant, good international and, and do you feel like that's something that wouldn't have been worried about before? Maybe if we go back to the 1970s, I, I don't think it would have been the same feeling, you know. So, again, I think it has to do with sort of this demarcation of disciplines um, that there's people studying Thailand, but separate on different disciplines that we don't have this right. platform. Yeah. And I know that, uh, and Mark knows this, that maybe history is somewhat protected historians are because it's so heavily couched in like there's a language and there's an archives you need to know and so the the way departments organize themselves is often around we need a, a latin americanist or we need an asianist or we need as where uh anthro or political science they're 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 disciplinary and methodologically oriented uh even ever more so and so you know we want someone who does political philosophy or someone who does uh, international relations or compared to mm-hmm. politics, we don't, we don't, that person could do any part of the world. Yeah. Um, and so that, uh, th- I think those disciplinary trends, 
in, in certain fields, maybe like your own, some of the social sciences seem to push that way. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yes, I think that's a fair assessment that, uh, I mean, that each discipline wishes to be more um, global, international, comparative. So we're pushed in different directions. But just to give you an example of um, this interpretation of Thai studies and how far it can go, um, for the International Thai Studies Conference next year, we're starting to get abstracts, proposals for presentation. And one proposal was from a Chinese scholar on the study of an app that translates Chinese to Thai <laughs> for Chinese tourists in Thailand. And he sees that as something that fits into Thai studies too. Um, but it's about technology. Of course, it's about language. But it's also kind of out there, you know, that we wouldn't, might not associate with historical um, perspectives or geographical or linguist perspective, the traditional perspectives. So um, with these abstracts coming in, it's kind of interesting to see how people are, are trying to, to be part of Thai studies, but we just need to broaden. And maybe that pushes us as scholars to, to think, like, why, why wouldn't that be part of Thai studies? You know, thai studies um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think pushing the, the boundary of Thai studies to be contemporary and maybe a bit more futuristic, a bit more of the science folks, the technology folks, the computer science folks. Futuristic, I like that. <laughs> so I think all that is, is possible, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I just, I think Aura is absolutely right about um, the kind of disciplinary demarcations. And it's, it's also a function, I think, you know, now that uh, the war, the American war in Vietnam is long over, um, yeah. the just global interest or the U.S.'s interest in uh, in Thailand has, in some ways, at least my reading of it, um, has dissipated because of that. And so I think what we're seeing at this conference as well and what Aura is seeing in these abstracts and proposals are attempts to identify kind of uh, new trends in research or new areas, new topics that makes Thailand significant in, in some way. Um, and I think that, that there are a, a lot of different directions uh, that one can go. I mean, you think about the tourist economy, you think about service workers in Thailand, um, the sex trade, um, all of these uh, phenomenon that I think can be historicized, can be studied, can be examined with uh, broad insights beyond just Thailand. And for the for those who those uh, Americans or um, Anglo-American scholars who are interested in Southeast Asia, the, the, there's a generation that's now starting to retire that for whom the, the the American war in Vietnam was was just a major sum for many against uh, Peace Corps what, that 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 put its puts it on the map in a way that it had never been there before and and gives them. Um, an incredible amount of, of interest and passion about the region. Like, I know these languages. Like, I understand what's going on there, yeah. and um, finding finding a connection that can um, attract a new generation of what's gonna what's gonna animate an 18 year old to really say like I've I've got to figure out what's going on in Thailand. Uh, you know, in the way that it did for the uh, that generation that maybe trained us is. It's an important question. Yes, yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, and especially right now, um, I yes. mean, not to ignore the elephant in the room, but the political you know, situation in Thailand, the transition, 
um, all these phenomena uh, are absolutely extraordinary. And I think right. this is the time to study Thailand if someone wants to start something, you know. Right. How uh, interesting, how compelling. Right. And to trace something from from ground, sort of ground zero kind of uh, mm-hmm. event, you know, of how Thailand will transform from 2016, this year onwards. Um, anyone, I think young people, Americans or Europeans, anyone non-Thai who's who's actually in Thailand right now will probably be experiencing something that they can never experience outside of Thailand. The entire, um, you know, the mourning of the late king uh, and and this whole transition that the country is going through. And I think it, it is a part, a imp- important part that uh, will probably, hopefully, uh, bring in more people, you know, to be um, interested in, in Thailand. Certainly, the 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 global interest and the way it the way it made news appropriately of of, of His Majesty's passing. It, it uh, I think a lot of people had had started asking questions that maybe just out of out of ignorance that they yeah. didn't know. Um, and so I have a I have a I have a niece that's going to a, a long planned a trip to Thailand. It was her first time. Hey Becky, and she uh, she contacted me said like you know I. What's it going to be like in Thailand? It's, and I said, you know, I don't know. It's going to be kind of amazing, though, because very few people alive have ever seen this kind of transition. Maybe World War II, <laughs> that you know, we we don't know. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be different, but it's going to be you're lucky, um, mm-hmm. yeah, to be there. And so. Go to Chiang Mai to the Thai Studies Conference. That and uh, <laughs> keep following Thailand's uh, I have no feeling, I have no name. I had a story to arrange. The birds sang missionary prose. Good intention can impose. So, Mark, tell us a bit about your your research and and this question of uh, ties outside of Thailand. Yeah, so, you know, my research focuses on uh, Thai immigrants in the United States, particularly Los Angeles, so Thai Americans. Um, so I consider myself part of the field of ties in the diaspora, so that I think that's another way that Thai studies has grown and evolved is to pay attention to the diaspora. Um, and so Thai Americans uh, being one one manifestation of that. Um, And so, you know, I think part of what led me to my research is noticing the hyper-visibility of Thai food, yet the invisibility of Thai people in the United States. And by invisibility, I mean politically, uh, economically, just outside of food, we seemed uh, invisible to, to the United States. Right, the new ubiquity of of Thai food is a fascination, but but where are the Thai people? Right, like right. we 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 don't see them uh, in terms of social movements, political uh, political involvement. Uh, it's obviously they're there, um, but they're not visible. G- give us a give us a sense of perspective, maybe like globally. How where are where are the overseas Thai, and where where kind of the the, the group you're talking about in say the U.S. Um, where do they land on some scale in terms of the, the amount of them that are here as opposed to in other countries? Right. So uh, there are, you know, 
probably about anywhere between 300,000 to 500,000 ties in the United States. Um, and this is, of course, officially, or I should say, I think the census has us around 500,000. I might have to check that. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe the next census, there will be even as, as the efforts to identify as as Thai. As America. Thai, yeah. right. Um, but that number then is up, you know, for interpretation because there are so many uh, ties outside of legal status that mm. don't get counted for. Um, and so, you know, that and, and nobody really knows what that what that number is. There are also ties. I know from Apichai Shipper's work, uh, ties in Japan, although I don't know sort of relatively what numerically what that looks like. Um, but I'm also interested in one way I'm getting at this is uh, that ties, there's a, a kitchen, Thai Kitchen to the World, Thai Kitchen of the World project um, by Thailand as kind of a national economic program. And so they train and they train Thais to become chefs, and then they sort of export them to different countries. And so that question is really interesting because there are now Thais. It's kind of a soft power. It's kind uh, of a soft power, cultural diplomacy. Interesting. This is how we are going to show the world who Thai people are. And so now you have Thai Thai people in Ireland, uh, Australia, New Zealand. I I had no idea that was government. Some of that was government. Yeah, so it was uh, started in 2003, I believe. Um, and so they're just, this is, this is the, you know, one of the national exports now. <laughs> it's not one of the main ones, but it is, you know, I, I think it is one of the, uh, the country's exports of uh, sort of getting, putting this face of Thai food uh, around the world. So in terms of, you know, where they are out, so the United States is, you know, one country, but um, in other places, you know, I, it, Thai people are starting to sort of, Move in, move into different countries. <laughs> kitchen but, of the world. Yeah, yeah. kitchen of the world. It but is, I, I, I think, in terms of uh, thinking about Thai studies and in relationship to Thai, thai studies, so that is another you know, avenue for research, right? Is to think about the Thai diaspora. Mm-hmm. What does Thainess look like in in Ireland, in Germany? versus now uh, in the United States and now different parts of the United States. So you have ties uh, in Chicago and L.A., uh, Washington, D.C. You know, I just worked with a, a Ph.D. student who was writing on uh, restaurants, in Was- Thai restaurants in Washington, D.C., and food practices there. And so, you know, it's interesting to, to see that, there, that there's a lot of potential areas for more research on ties outside of Thailand. Within Thailand, what is the, what's the sentiment about uh, focusing one's research efforts on Thais in Thailand as opposed to outside of the kingdom? Is there a sense that, that one's efforts are better spent uh, uh, looking, at, looking, at, ho- looking at, at the homeland or not? Well, I guess um, naturally the domestic scholars who are based in Thailand are usually um, focused on domestic issues. There are a lot of Thai there. Yeah. There are a lot of Thais there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, but I do think we need to push for Thai scholars in Thailand to be a bit more global, a bit more comparative, 
to look outside of Thailand. So I, I call this sort of the um, peripheral mindset, you know, of, okay, we're going to study Chiang Mai. We're going to study this community in Chiang Mai. And then that's it. And there's no linkages with, you know, communities elsewhere or theories that can explain something that's happening in Thailand, but also happening elsewhere, and then you can compare. So I think there's still a lot of room for um, scholars in Thailand to kind of be part of this uh, communication or global discourse on the various um, disciplines that they're in. Um, but hearing what Mark was saying about diaspora and coming from Chiang Mai, um, I think there is a growing interest to study uh, a place like Chiang Mai as a cosmopolitan place. Mm. For example, there's a growing population of digital nomads in, in Chiang Mai. So these are Farangs, Westerners, Europeans, who have one laptop, one MacBook Air. They sit in a <laughs> coffee shop all day, and right. they're writing programs for companies in Germany and Switzerland or in Singapore. So they're living in Chiang Mai, and there's a good chunk of of these kinds of digital nomads who, if you talk to them, they can speak Thai perfectly, they can order Thai food, they live, you know, just like a Thai. But, um, and, and they've made Chiang Mai their so-called home for now, but they're quite mobile. So this is the generation of people that I think might help transform, you know, the meaning of a place like Chiang Mai, uh, a secondary city in Thailand. And eventually, it'll have implications on the meaning of Thailand, you know, not not in the short run, but in the long run, I think it's very possible. And you see international schools popping up in Chiang Mai like mushrooms, you know, um, and and there's a lot of appetite now for internationalizing everything. Uh, I can find all the best foods in Chiang Mai, Italian, French, <laughs> North and Isan food as well, you know. So I think um, studying something like that will also help us to inform um, what, what, what many understand to be a Thai city or a Thai person or Thai food, um, and so on. So uh, there's a lot of good, you know, interesting stuff that's going on domestically as well. And I'm just talking about Chiang Mai, but the same is happening in Phuket. Um, there's ideas to start an Andaman University to cater for understanding of tourism, food, travel, uh, because it's such a tourist. Uh, dominant area and the economy relies on tourism in Phuket, for example. So I think it's 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 interesting. It's interesting and to link up with the Thai diaspora and all this and try to make some connections. I think it would be worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I think as we're talking about um, kind of thinking about Thailand in a global kind of transnational framework, you can still study Thai people but it's sort of thinking about it in a larger, uh, the larger kind of global networks. Yeah. Um, and so it's not necessarily, hey, you have to, if you're um, a Thai scholar um, in Thailand, you don't have to study Thais outside of the country, but to think about um, Thailand and Thai cities and Thai spaces as more global, um, more transnational, more cosmopolitan. Yeah. And maybe a push away from the um, the Bangkok-centric narratives that I know that um, Westerners might have had in a, and perhaps studies of, of Vitae's themselves 
um, perpetuate, but uh, a, a growing sense of outside of there are there are lots of Thailands. <laughs> there are right. there yeah. with, with you know within right. within and regional and then the 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 push to um, construct a uh, a coherent sense of of who the Thai are by 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 the state and the government and the people themselves to 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 imagine that. Uh, Maybe pace over some of the some of the real and interesting variations of of who the Thai are uh, inside and out, and so that it's only by doing that. Do you, am I am I overreaching there? Or do you think that's? I think I think I think you're right, um, and um, that's partly why some, for example, me uh, we choose not to be in Bangkok, you know, and and be in Chiang Mai, be in Konken, or be in Songkhla. It's pretty rough posting in Chiang Mai. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very rough, <laughs> but um, uh, it's 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 try to get away from the dominant narrative of of Bangkok, you know, of the central government, and and I was born in Bangkok, I grew up in Bangkok, you know, and but now when I watch, uh, let's say, the news on TV while I'm in Chiang Mai. And all the news is about traffic jam in Bangkok, and I'm right. thinking, why do I need to know the traffic situation in Bangkok? Why, why, why do the newscaster only address the audience as though we live in Bangkok, you know, and there's 65 million of us outside, or 55 at least? And so finally, I have I, I understand now what people in Lana or Isan and when they roll your side. eyes when you said you're from Bangkok, oh, great. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I don't, I don't uh, advertise that background of me, of mine. But yes, I think uh, there is a big need to, for scholars to help uh, push for more decentralization and moving away some of the power and decision making. I'm coming Well, thanks again for coming, you two, and maybe we can get some time in for some for some uh, plugs. Aura, do you want to do you want to start? Tell us about uh, where you're at. Anything you want might be wanting to promote. Okay, thank you, Eric. Um, so I really want to promote Chiang Mai as a city, of <laughs> course, and Chiang Mai University as um, choice for any student or researcher or faculty member out there who would like to be in this great city. Of Thailand, I know. I know personally. We've sent. We've had many students work with at, from Northern Illinois University that worked with Chiang Mai, and there, and it's great. I mean, we like to send our students to study language there. We like to, um, yeah. So that's wonderful. So you're you're not just uh, tooting your own horn. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're we're hoping to uh, rapidly internationalize the university, which means uh, increasing rapidly the number of international students and opening master's and PhD programs all in English. So in mm -hmm. Chiang Mai University, for example, now all PhD programs have to have the students write their thesis in English. Uh, so that's a concrete example of how, uh, as a university, we're driving ourselves to you know, communicate better with, with the global audience. So, um, and, and for my particular pa faculty, uh, we will be opening master's of public policy and governance and it will be the first and only public policy program in Thailand, and it will be in English as well. So if anyone has um, interest, please uh, get in touch with us. 
And that's where what what would they Google to to find more about that? So they can go to um, they can Google political science, Chiang Mai University, and it'll come up on our website. Okay, thanks. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean this this conference has been very timely for me um, because at UNLV, I've just been involved in revamping our Asian studies program, and so I'm in the in the Department of Interdisciplinary Studies, and so we house. Um, a number of different programs, African-American studies, gender and sexuality studies, and also Asian studies. Um, but Asian studies was largely dormant for the last couple of years. And I've been pushing for an Asian-American studies major. And I just, you know, spoke with my chair. We decided, you know, let's talk to the director of Asian studies and see if um, uh, Bill Jankowiak, who's an anthropologist, if he would be interested in possibly merging and or revamping it in in this way and bill was you know excited about it and so i think this conference is is timely in that way because we're moving towards this union of asian and asian american studies and so to be here at this conference and to think about well how does me how you know how does me as a, a an asian americanist by training uh, a thai someone who studies thai americans where is wh what are the connections and overlaps with Thai studies? Uh, where do we, uh, yeah, where, I mean, where do we overlap, but also where do we disagree? What is this union going to look like? Because the two fields have had, uh, you know, they've, they've evolved along parallel tracks, but have also had great tension uh, and have been at odds politically and intellectually. And so, you know, for a lot, for a lot of scholars in my field, uh, it doesn't, why would we want to build this connection with a, an area studies type program that has deep roots in the legacies of U.S. colonialism and imperialism in the region? And so to be here at the conference, I think, has really opened my eyes and I've learned a great deal about where Thai studies is at. And hopefully I can, you know, go back to UNLV and, you know, help build Asian and Asian American studies uh, in a productive, exciting way. Well, great. We look forward to uh, that endeavor and also to your to your book and both your works. And again, let me thank you for coming to NIU. Thank you. Very thank much. you. Thank you very much, Eric. Southeast Asia Crossroads would like to thank Mike Mangione and the Kin for contributing music from their new EP. Check out MikeMangione.com, that's M-I-K-E-M-A-N-G-I-O-N-E, for details about their forthcoming album. <laughs>